Are you suffering from the fear-mongering of the news media? Do you tend to watch CNN, Fox News, or one of the other major news outlets that tell you the sky is falling every single day? The market is the worst it's ever been. It's never going to recover. It's, oh my God, run for your lives. Hi, and welcome back to another Money Not Math conversation. If you can't tell, I cannot stand the news media and the hysteria that surrounds it because as we know, Negativity sells and all they care about is selling. So what do they do? They drive, drive, drive negativity towards you with really no context or concept or really real life advice on how it can impact you long term. They just want your eyes glued to their screen so they can sell ads. So welcome back to another Money Not Math conversation. This is the 118th conversation. And today we are talking about why you should not run from market fluctuations as long as you have built a plan ahead of time to insulate yourself from the risk and you understand the long-term risk and rewards of long-term market, stock, equity, investing, whatever word you want to use. I'm happy to use it today. I'm going to be using the stock market and market generally talking about investing in things like the S&P 500 and the stock market as a whole. Okay. It's general because I believe that there's no such thing as one cookie cutter plan for everyone but I do believe this conversation is valuable. So if you want a more in-depth conversation or more in, want, have, want to ask more in-depth questions, reach out to me or someone you trust to have that conversation. I, I highly encourage that. So I'm going to share my screen and share a, 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 so you can see a few things as to why I think you should not run and hide from market fluctuations. So here we are looking at an article from a client, uh, uh, sorry, an article written by dimensional.com about the bulls, bears, and long-term benefit of stock investing. So we're going to go through three different articles today or three different um, concepts that help support why you should not run for market fluctuations as long as you've planned properly, okay? So as long as your plan assumes the market will fluctuate at some time in the future and has insulated you a little bit from that risk or at least given you the understanding what that risk is, this is why you should not run from it. So what we're looking at here is the blue represents bull markets, which is, means the market goes up over 20%. The gold represents bear markets, which means the market goes down 20%. Okay, so as you can see over history, there, there is a lot of both of them. But historically speaking, the bull markets are significantly larger than the bear markets. So let's look at some numbers to illustrate that a little more cleanly, because I know graphs can get confusing or just annoying at times. So stock returns are volatile, but nearly a century of bull and bear markets shows that good times have outshined the bad times. From 1926 through 2001, the S&P 500 index, which is an index that holds the top 500 largest publicly traded companies in the United States, okay, experienced 17 bear markets or, uh, or a fall of at least 20% from its previous peak. Declines range from negative 21%. So if you have $100,000, it's going to drop to 79,000 to negative 80%. So if you have $100,000, it'll drop to 20,000. That would hurt, right? Across an average length of around 10 months. So the average bear market is about 10 months. The one we're in right now is started around January. So we're about the 10 month mark, right? So if, if averages always held true, which they don't, of course, we would be done with our bear market relatively soon. Um, but only the future can tell us because whether the political pundits or the financial gurus want to admit it or not, no one knows anything. We have no idea what tomorrow, the next week, the next month, the next year is going to bring when it comes to market returns. All we can do is study the history of the market and understand how the economics of the world work 
and then apply those to long-term investing fundamentals. Okay. On the upside, there were 18 bull markets. Okay. So there are 17 bear markets, 18 bull markets, almost a one for one, which means almost every time the market spikes, it almost always drops at some point too. Okay. So we should not act like we're surprised, even though the media wants you to feel surprised, shocked, depressed, angry, whatever adjective you want to use to get you to come back and read their look, watch their ads or gains of at least 20% from a previous trough, okay? They average 55 months in length. So to comparison, the average bear market is around 10 months and the average bull market is about 55 months in length. And, advance, and advances range from 21%. So if you have 100,000, it's gonna go up to 121,000 to 936%, which I gotta pull my calculator out. I didn't do that math ahead of time. $100,000 times 936% gives us $936,000. Pretty good return. Fantastic, actually. So what we have to ask ourselves is, as long as we understand the fundamentals of investing, and as long as we've kept or insulate ourselves from the risk of market fluctuations by keeping cash on hand, liquidity, and investing in alternative assets that don't go down when the market goes down, we have to ask ourselves, if we have $100,000 or $1 million, whatever number you want to use, 10 million, 100 million, I don't care, would you trade a minus 21% loss for a 21% gain? Eh, kind of boring. Doesn't really do anything for me. On the flip side, though, would you trade a minus 80% loss for a 936% gain? As someone I recently asked said, it, we would be stupid not to, Right. So the only way you actually lose money in a market that's declining or in a bull market is if you sell your investments while they're down, okay? Imagine owning a car worth $100,000 today, and then for some reason that car gets mass produced for the next year, so next year it's only worth $50,000. If you sell that car, you are guaranteeing a loss of $50,000 of what you could have sold it for. But if you hold it for 10 more years, and in 10 more years, it's worth 200000 and then you sell the car, then you actually gain money. You never lost the original 50 because you didn't sell, okay? So that's the important thing to understand. The stock market's up and ups and downs are unpredictable, but history supports an expectation of positive returns over the long term, the best shot, the benefits the market can offer. Stay the course, assuming your course was well-built in the first place. All right, the second part we're going to look at is tuning into different frequencies, okay? We have to understand the how the risk of the market plays out over different time periods, okay? So people often ask me, you know, how risky is the market? Should I invest in it? And the question and the answer is not a guaranteed yes or no. It's what's the point or the goal of the investment, okay? If you are investing your money in the market in hopes of pulling it out in a year or less, I would absolutely say no, that's not a good idea because we have no idea what's going to happen. Like I said earlier, no one knows anything when it comes to what the market's going to do. We just have to apply their proper fundamentals and wait for the market to do what the market's going to do. So historically speaking, from 1926 to 2018, if you were to look at every single one-year period of the stock market or the S&P 500, again, the top 500 publicly traded companies in the United States, which are not the same today as they were 10 years ago, 50 years ago, or certainly not in 1926, 75% of the time, this S&P 500 was a positive over that one-year period. So breaking that down, three out of four years that you, if you would have invested over that time period, three out of four years, you would have positive returns. 
What does that mean though? One out of four, you'd have had negative and the, and the media and, the, and would have been screaming at you that the world, that the world is ending and the sky is falling. So we have to build a discipline to ignore the one out of four bad years when you're doing long-term investing. All right. When we look at five years, every, uh, if we look at every five-year rolling period, 88 or 87.7% were positive. Okay. So now we're looking at almost nine out of 10 years or almost nine out of 10 every five-year rolling periods. So whether that's 1926 to 31, 35 to 40, 17 to 22, 87.7% of those five-year rolling periods were positive. So the stock market is significantly riskier in a one-year period than it is in a five-year period, about 12% riskier in one, over from a one-year to a five-year, okay? Now, if we extend even further out, long-term investing, 10-year periods. So if we look at every single 10-year rolling period of the stock market during that time, 94.7%, almost 95 out of 100 times from point A to point B over any 10-year period the S&P 500 went up, okay? So if you are investing over for 10 plus years, 94.7% of the time, historically, okay, that does not guarantee the future, but historically, 94.7% of the time, regardless of when you put your money in, 10 years from today, your money would have gone up, okay? So that's a really, really important point to understand. And this brings me to my, my, my final point, okay? This is something I posted very recently on Facebook or on um, different social media pages, but I think is worth reviewing in the context of this conversation. I pulled this from a book written by Nick Murray uh, titled Simple Wealth, Inevitable, Inevitable Wealth. He says 6.2 billion. Yes, that's right. 6.6 billion, 200 million dollars, a very large sum of money, wouldn't you say? Now, what you asked as a represent is roughly how much Warren Buffett per Buffett's personal shareholdings in his Berkshire Hathaway Incorporated declined in value between July 17th and August 31st, 1998. And now for the $6 billion question. During those 45 days, how much money did Warren Buffett lose in the stock market? The answer is, of course, that he didn't lose anything. Why? That's easy. He didn't sell. Was this because he knew something intellectually about the future course of the markets that the rest of us did not or could not know? Did he predict that? As quickly and savagely as the markets had declined that summer, the S&P 500 would turn around and make new highs by the end of the year. I assure you, as Buffett himself would have, it would if he were here, that he did not. Instead, Buffett, A, had no need to withdraw his capital because he planned appropriately. B, had great faith in his holdings as good, productive businesses. C, had equally strong faith in the long-term trends of the world economy, even if the short-run outlook seemed pretty dismal. And D, most importantly, is unsusceptible to panic. Again, by Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth from Nick Murray. So that's the last part of this segment I want to talk about. And I think it's, I think all of these points are extremely important, but I just really want to hammer that home. The most important thing you can do when it comes to your retirement planning and long-term equity investing or stock market investing is first and foremost, build yourself a plan that aligns with your risk tolerance, aligns with your financial goals, and protects you or at least assumes there will be market fluctuations so you have reserves to handle those fluctuations, okay? And maybe even invest in alternative assets that don't go down when the market does, all right? So that is the money, not math number 118 and why we should not 
run away from market fluctuations. Thank you so much for your time today. Please reach out with any questions, comments, concerns, or remarks if you have them. Um, or one thing I love the most is when people reach out with specific requests for future conversations. So again, thank you for your time and hope you have a great day. Bye.